This podcast is brought to you by High Five Tom, a proud family member of Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. And honored to be part of The following is brought to you in association with and from a proud partner of The Shining Wizards Network. Entertainment here. Revelry with Will and High Five Tom. All right. Well, as you just heard, it just says recording in progress, which is good because Will and I have been pontificating here for about 25 minutes or so. Um, and Graham had brought a uh, previous guest and shout out again to once, uh, Graham. Uh, what was that damn post you put on here? Oh, yeah. Sorry. What up, High Fivers? Sorry. I'm High Five Tom, the super scatterbrained. It's your boy, High Five Tom. And I've got a uh, Will and I, the co-host guy here on the other side. Uh, maybe I'll edit that part. No, I'm not going to edit that part. Out. Uh, Will, how are you this evening? Editing's for squares. Editing is for squares. That's just too much work. We, we don't have the budget for editing. <laughs> right? You know, until uh, people start paying us to come on the show. You got to, you know, we got to start milking our family for what it's worth, right? <laughs> I've I've got nipples, Tom. Can you milk me? I I I, I could. Um, I don't know how either of our uh, better. I mean, you could try. If you're, you're gonna fucking jerk off my tits, you weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 Will, thank you. I, I need. You, to you, you need to be following the ROH Revelry Twitter. If you're not following the ROH Revelry Twitter, and you're just jumping in here, this isn't gonna make any sense. You're gonna think we're just weird. We are. We are two dudes who met for the first time by saying, hey, let's share a hotel room. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, your boy High Five Time. In a dislocation that was not a whole one of us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's really funny. I mean, I would, you know, it would have been cool for my other friends to make it. But looking back, I'm glad they didn't because those beds were super small. That would have been really awkward. But, uh, um, Tom and I had like the best rom-com meet cute ever. It was just a lot, you know, hairier, sweatier. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so that's that's our origin story. So, if anyone wants to get us on their their podcast, um, and uh, but real quick, they said you need to be following Ring of Honor Revelry on the Twitter machine. Um, our good friend, uh, Mr. MGB Graham, obviously last week's um, guest. Uh, great episode with Graham. Hopefully something. I, I just want to take a second to put him over again one more time because Graham was a real, like, he was just like, you get to, like, I just really like talking to this guy. Yeah. Like, he's such a pleasant dude to talk to. Yeah. And uh, even when he's being critical, 
just there's like a sincerity there. It's not like he's like busting your balls about olives and saying like he like can't stand them. Like they're they makes him like violently sick. But like you almost it's like Tom. Like I feel for you. I just really don't like them. It's like damn. He's he's so compassionate. He's so caring. Well, I mean, he is, he is a teacher. Um, obviously, as they, they control in the episode. I could see that. I could see that in the first shoot job. Yeah, and uh, God I mean, awesome. You know, and I, I said in the episode, I owe Graham a lot. I mean, a lot of the reasons we have this podcast is because Graham said something that he said. So, um, yeah. And then the next day, I, I haven't posted on Twitter yet, but it is out on Visionary School of Media. Uh, Graham and I did his origin story, and yeah, that was another you know three hour talk. About eight minutes of it was podcasting and wrestling. So, um, yeah, Graham's a great dude. Like I said, I mean, in, in a very interesting story. So, uh, but going along with the olives thing, he did pull something uh, from the lighter side of science. Genuinely curious about this. Weed cashews, which are toxic in their raw form. Weed olives, which require three weeks in a live bath to become edible. Weed mushrooms. Nine out of ten species are poisonous, if not deadly. How did we? How did we discover these foods? I mean, we didn't actually stump on a tasty brine olive in nature. How hard did we have to try to make it edible? What was the impetus to try? I mean, a, a partial answer to that, just because it's because I watched a video about something kind of along these lines earlier. Um, and that's the thing about um, what you'd call like a famine food, right? Food that wouldn't necessarily be a first pick. Right, but yeah. if you need food, you've got a. The raw cashew is interesting because it must be one of those things, right? You can go to the store, and you buy like raw cashews. They must not be like raw cashews. Yeah. Unless it's the thing where it's like almonds, right? If you like pound however many thousands of pounds of olives, you'll get like arsenic or almonds will get arsenic poisoning. But you got to eat a lot. <laughs> really. Yeah, but it's like, it's like a it's factored into like your body weight. So like you have to eat like a lot. Like there's no way to ever eat enough almonds to give yourself arsenic. But I really enjoy almonds. Like, you know, it's kind of like you know, giving yourself, you know, making yourself glow and whatever. If you pound enough bananas, you're probably not gonna be able to eat enough bananas to give yourself the radiation poison. <laughs> hmm. Okay. Um, well, and, and your uh, your boy here, High Five Tom, just mentioned, uh, you know, who thought it was a good idea to jerk off a cow uh, and to take the results. Yes, I know when you're milking a cow, it's a female. And yes, I know you're not technically not jerking off the cow, everybody. Um, but I was, I was sincere. I'm like, who thought that was a good idea? And Will actually brought up something that actually kind of enlightened me a little bit here. Will, what's your uh, your theory on this? There's really not, I mean, obviously, plant-based milks are the exclusion. Right. But any animal milk is all fundamentally the same building blocks. It's just going to have some adjustments as far as nutrition and whatever, because a baby cow versus a baby sheep or a goat versus a baby person, or, you know, if we want to go out there, like a baby whale, you know what I mean? Like, all these things have milk. All mammals produce milk, but the nutrient content different so that's the biggest difference between all of them so like if you you know if it's way back in the day you know you have a formula and you 
producing milk, you know, maybe look at the cow producing milk. That's what I need. Again, it's not the best, but it would be something because you're still going to get all the, <coughs> or maybe not all the nutrients, but you'd get some. And as you get older, your body starts lacking the the natural bacteria and enzymes to break down stuff like the lactose and stuff like that. So really after a certain point, like you, we weren't meant to consume milk forever, right? right. Consume as infant, then you get weaned off it, and you just drink, you know, Jack and Cokes and uh, root beer like everybody else, you know, like a real adult. Yeah, like a real human being. Gosh. Um, yeah, and that's a good point. I mean, it's still kind of weird. Obviously, the first person to, you know, to ever, you know, quote unquote, milk a cow, but um, it makes more sense now that you actually mentioned it that way. Uh, so maybe that wasn't my best example. So, um, yeah, I mean, people are also incredibly simple, so maybe they grabbed a fucking cow's udder and some stuff came out, and they're like, oh, that's tasty. <laughs> so, Faith, you're raising your hand. Do you have a question here? Comment? Who decided that eating eggs was a good idea? Yeah, I mean, she brings up a good point. I mean, who decided to eat them? Like, yeah, we're let's like, oh, let's kill these, you know, kill these chicken fetus or, you know, chicken embryos. I mean, eggs, eggs are easy prey. Eggs don't fight back. Yeah. They're slimy. Yeah. That's just weird. If your eggs are slimy, they got to go back in the pan. But who, who decided that? Way back before they had pans. They were going to eat the egg in a pan. So... You know, you're 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 scrambling around, you knock a nest out of a tree, and uh, you're like, oh, chomp, chomp, chomp. Yeah, it's just interesting to think where, I mean, you know, like the stuff you pick out of the ground. They know where to pick all the stuff out of the ground to eat stuff, so. Um, yeah. You have to make some educated guesses. Yeah. And maybe you make an educated guess based on the first guy. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, oh, he's dead, so which one are they? <laughs> I, mean, so. I mean, there is now, like, you can look up, so, like, if you were, like, you can find, like, kind of go-to reference charts for, like, if you're looking at, like, mushrooms specifically, like, things that you can look for that would tell you whether it's, odds are going to be a mushroom that is safe to consume or not. Like, there's different, like, the way the gills on the mushroom are and, like, stuff like that. Like, there are ways to, like, now... You know, some we had to get there. <laughs> yep. Some someone had to test it, so since you came my water bottle was yeah, royal food tester. <laughs> um is it is it nine out of ten mushrooms are poisonous? That doesn't sound right. But I mean I mean I guess there's more kinds of mushrooms than I thought. I mean there's there is a lot of mushrooms out there. And it depends, like, what are you considering a mushroom tour? Is it just, like, kind of lumping, like, fungus in, like, all together? Mm. Fair enough. Because I've also seen a video about how if you were trapped in like, a grocery store, okay. like a post-apocalypse thing, like, what's going to be the secret to survival? And it's pretty much building mushrooms. So Because they require, basically, no, they require, like, no work to grow. So, like, you could technically be stuck in a grocery store because there's a, a mist that came into your town and is killing people? Yeah. 
This sounds like an episode for another day, Tom. <laughs> for Someday. sure. I do I do want to read the, the short story first before I get to it, but we will do it eventually. Um, but yeah, I mean uh Graham, I wasn't sure if you were aware that your uh your post was gonna bring up such so much conversation. Uh very similar to last week Rob's question. Um but turned into you know a rabbit hole of awesomeness, so um, but speaking of questions of dishonor, I think we've got some this will this week, don't we? Will we got we got a handful. Uh, the first one I want to address is our friend Eric. That's what it would take for me to eat olives. And I want to clarify because I know the joke is that I don't like olives. Tom loves olives. Hardy har har. But like, I'm not going into like a place and ordering something without the olives. Like if it comes with the olives in it, I weigh that into my decision. But like I'm not gonna like pick them out if I like. I'm an adult. If I order something and it has an ingredient I'm not crazy about, I eat it because that's the dish. You know, if I order a Greek salad, I expect there to be olives in it. If I have some kind of you know pasta dish and there's olives in it, you know that's that's how it goes. Yeah. I heard about something called a muffalata. I'm not gonna lie, I'd probably try one if I could. Sounds good. What's I did raise a bell? Did we hit muffalatas? I've heard it's like a big like 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 a Louisiana kind of thing that area where it's like ground beef, olives, and stuff like that, and they usually put it over like a baguette kind of thing. That sounds sounded good. So no, like I'm not. Like I said, like, I'm not going to go out of my way to put olives in stuff. But I'm also not going to, like, my 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 dietary restrictions are too limited for me to be like, oh, I don't want to eat that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that sucks, Will, sorry. My you know, they're, they're good if you need a salt. They're good for aesthetically. You know, I will say olives can be a very nice aesthetic feature. I'm just not going out of my way to munch on them. Like, I'm not... You know, mowing down on them for like a snack or anything like that. I obviously am. Eric Freed's, you if you provide for me a Greek salad with olives, guess what? I'm eating those olives. Yeah, willing to the club. Um, did, did we have another question from Eric? Oh, you're making me make me answer. So Twitter thing. Remember ages ago where I'm like, I'm going to stay on top of this Twitter stuff. Yeah, that uh, that didn't work out now, did it? Let me pull it up here. I Yeah. Sorry. Um, it just uh, So Will and I are recording a day. Eric did say, Eric did say that um, he thought Truth Martini would be the most compelling, I uh, forget uh, what the word was, like a biopic or a uh, autobiography or something like that. Last week was so long ago. Yeah, good shit. All right, let me see if I can... Oh, I'm on the wrong... That's the problem with having two different X feeds. I got I got my personal one, the Ring of Honor one. And I, why can't I find this? Yeah. <laughs> so I'm looking at the wrong one. I have the same problem. 
What I really need to do is welcome to that mine. That the Ring of Honor Revelry one is on like the app, and that mine is just in the browser. Yeah. But you know that that would require me to be like organized and like on top of this shit. Okay, so yeah, if Death to Smoochie was a wrestling move, would it be a finisher? A oh, that's right. And is Cheeseburger the only accessible 2000 Ring of Honor superstar to do the move? Interesting. Hmm. Okay. Cheese, cheeseburger's, cheeseburger's hot right now. Yeah, he's getting his ass kicked by uh, the not prodigy anymore. Um, that I feel like. I'm sorry. I, I feel that feels like a finisher to me, right? Like that feels like. Hundred percent. That's like that's the end. Um. Yeah, that's uh, that's definitely. I mean. Yeah, I mean, anything with death that is pretty much got to be a finisher. Um, for sure. I mean, I would say cheeseburger is the only acceptable ring of honor, you know. I mean, he, he has been a little smoochy. Oh. But, and he doesn't, and he doesn't have the posture yet because he hasn't gone to Japan and hang out with Liger yet. See, and I, I mean, I'm not thinking of literally, um, smoochy smoochy that like as a verb. I was just thinking like more like the actual character. Um, I mean, I mean, Kevin Steen is a renowned animal lover. Um, well, no, that'd be the antithesis character then. So, shit, I don't know. I mean, I can see Steve Carino not giving a flying fuck. I mean, Steve Carino has so many answers, though. Who would it be? Definitely a finisher, though. Let me get back to that one. Um, there was also a second part of Eric's olive question. He said, what would it take for Tom to hate olives? Oh, that's right. Um... Uh, it probably maybe hate wouldn't necessarily be the word, but it probably has to be like you are a, a firm olive guy, and Brit Brittany's the same way. Brittany's a big fan of the olives, so it would probably have to be like a medical reason, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, goddamn the the, the Calamata is giving me the hives. <laughs> I would still probably fucking eat it though. Right, ben Benadryl in one hand, olives. <laughs> Just give me my olives. Um, yeah, because I don't know. Because I don't want to tell this story without revealing too much. I don't know. So, everyone that listens to the show, I assume, knows that I used to bartend. And I used to bartend Sunday morning. You know, and I would definitely partake in the alcohol while I was bartending. Um, and my good friend Fergie, shout out to Fergie. He liked his dirty martini shots. So just basically absolute citron with olive juice. And we would just slam those till they were coming home. Um, and if anyone that knows the Tom and vodka, don't mix. Uh, 
But even with, you know, eating and drinking olive juice with all those shots, I still don't hate olives. I don't know what it would take me to hate olives. I mean, maybe if they were endorsed by, like, the Cubs or something, like the official food of the Chicago Cubs. <laughs> That's a shoot, by the way. I totally think that that might do it. Um yeah, or if, like, I found out, yeah, like, olives were the only thing sustaining, yeah, the Cubs franchise or anything. That's really, I think, the only thing that would make me hate olives. Have you ever had a food will that you used to det detest, but now you don't hate anymore, or vice versa? I mean, there's a lot of things, just because I didn't, I wasn't exposed to a lot of food. I was sort of lost off of, like, I was really big on like onions or tomatoes or stuff like that when I was younger. Whereas now, like I eat a lot of both of those things. I think it's largely just like my my brother and I largely ate like the stereotypical kids' diet. Like we ate hot dogs, hamburgers, Chef Boyardee, hmm. <laughs> a lot of lot of junk food, a lot of cereals, a lot of a lot of baked goods. Like there wasn't a lot of not a lot of produce. There, even if I go home to my dad's, there's not a lot of produce available, just because they don't really eat it. You know what I mean? So yeah. Um, I used to hate mushrooms as a kid. Like where are that relatively soon? Um, I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to force myself to come around on mushrooms. I don't. It's not like a tasting, right? Because they don't really taste like a whole lot. It's a texture thing. I don't like. They get the get a little rubbery sometimes. You you know you, you chomp down on. It. Eh, that wasn't the thing I liked the most out of my mouth. You know, they're good for you. Lots of vitamins. Potassium. Yeah, Face got a really good pasta mushroom, uh, sun dried tomato recipe that we like to partake in with a little pesto. Ooh. I might have, might have to come over and have some of that. Website. It's one pot mushroom pasta. You can find it's it at pick, the, the pickuplimes.com website. Uh, Face got the digital menu book. It's the what? One pot pasta? One pot mushroom pasta. Mushroom pasta. It's really good. From pickup limes. From pickup limes. So, so we'll. Pick up limes. Pick limes. Up limes. Limes. So, Will, when you in a. When you and Brittany come to visit for a month, we'll make you some of that and some pumpkin chili. I'm just not sure. How Fuck I, yeah, pumpkin chili. Not sure how Blanche and Mabel are going to get along for the month or keep going smoking this book. If all of them just have to get over, over it and figure it out. And yeah. I'm, on the topic of figuring it out, Eric, can I have one other question buried in here on the, the pin tweet? <laughs> Good job. Uh, when will there, there be a joint? What's that? I'll say good job on actually putting on the pin tweet, Eric. Thank you. I appreciate Rob and Eric using the pin tweet. Br Brendan's the only one who doesn't use the pin tweet because he's got the direct line. He does. I mean, he's the third member of the podcast, so he should really have a direct line. So. I mean, he, he, he really isn't. It's kind of about that. Eric wants to know when there will be a joint revelry e podcast since we tug of war over Irish misfit. Listen. Brendan is not anybody's in anybody's tug of war. Brendan is like a stray cat, right? He rules the streets. He goes where he wants to go. We cannot hold him down. We can't pin him down. 
you know, we can we can slide over, you know, can of tuna or something, try to entice him to come over. But that man is bound by nothing. Oh, I when I woke up this morning, I did not think I was going to hear um, our boy Brendan uh, compared to a stray cat. He, uh, he rules the mean streets of whatever part of New Jersey he's in. Yeah. Um, wow. That that's um, dude. That rules. That that that's awesome. I mean, I, I mean, yeah. Um, but to answer the question, I guess uh, you know, I guess you have to stay tuned. You know, I have a feeling it'll probably happen eventually. Um. Yes, and I will get you your stickers out there eventually, Eric. Um, so, I don't know. It just takes a while. In Canada, they still use, like, you know, postal pigeons or something, right? Like, they don't have what else. Yeah, I mean, I don't have any pigeons at my house. Sled, the sled dog's got to get up there. <laughs> yeah. Um, actually, I think, if I'm not mistaken, I might be more north than Toronto. Actually, technically, if not, these people don't know. We're not worried about geography here on Ring of Revelry. Well, yeah, that's true. I mean, if you go to New Jersey or Idaho schools, you're not really worried about geography. Um, why not? I worked in the Idaho school system, I know what happens. <laughs> You are fine, but you're the exception. Speaking of pigeons, by the way, did I tell on this story, this podcast, the story of my cat catching a bird? I don't think so. Was uh, who? Oh, okay. So this is a couple weeks ago. My good friend here, uh, former guest of uh, the Midwestern Wrestling Roundup, and other podcasts here on the Shining or on the. Um, Visionaries Building Media, my uh, my young son here, Chico. Uh, Chico likes to sit outside on our little airing porch, and he's got his little throne that he likes to sit in. We've got a little folding chair. And uh, I was in the bathroom doing what people do when they're in the bathroom, and all of a sudden I hear this large scurrying off the chair, and I see my cat run off the porch into the living room, but he's not alone. This motherfucker... Jumped off the chair, caught a bird, and brought it into the house. Didn't kill it. Um, let it go in the living room. So said bird's flying all over the living room. Grabs it again. I chased Chico into the bedroom, and then we finally get it back outside. But yeah, it was a deal. It was hilarious. Sounds like you get a real animal. Yeah. So after after four years, he finally caught a beard. Yeah, he didn't kill it though. So, and now like I open the porch door and like the beard, the the, the beards fly away once they see Chico coming on the prowl. Because, yeah, it's it was pretty funny. So I wish I would. Do we want to? Do we want to answer Brendan's question or Rob's question next? Uh let's do Rob. Uh, let's do Rob's first. All right. So our friend. At UTT Rob, in the territory, he's unputting Gator Golf. He's he's doing it all. Our, our question of dishonor with the with the U, because it's the formal English. 
uh, assuming Hot Sauce Tracy Williams has released his own brand of hot sauce, what three members of the ROH 2013 roster should release a condiment, and what should it be? Um, and I'll just share Rob's answers first. He's looking for Bobby Fish's tartar sauce. I mean, uh, yeah. T- Tommaso Ciampa's Tommaso ketchup. Yeah. And uh, there, there might be some personal bias in this answer, but he says <laughs> uh, Roger Strong bottled water as a condiment because Roddy likes to dip his dry bread in water as a treat. Because that's as exciting as he gets. <laughs> um, I'm really getting the sense that Rob doesn't care for Roger Strong. Yeah, that's unbelievable. Um, I mean, Roger Strong, the character is not, you know, very engaging for sure. Um, but to Bobby Fish's tartar sauce, I mean, it just writes itself. Um, and real quick, actually, right, I- not too dissimilar from like the the food. Sponsorship, uh, similar question. So, what, uh, what, what, what kind of comments are you thinking, Tom? Oh, um, well, real quick, I was actually gonna, uh, well, I was, gonna, uh, I was reading a tweet here, I was gonna DM Rob, uh, about joining the show. So, Rob, come on the show, you're always welcome. Uh, but looks like he's got a 1073 day, day um, dual lingo strength on learning Japanese. That's fucking awesome. Fuck that's, yeah. Yeah, that's longer than my fitness pal streak. By the way, I did hit a thousand days on my stupa list the other day, by the way. I don't know if you saw that in the Discord or not, but a thousand days is all good. Yeah, Rob, all bullshit aside, seriously, come on the show. We want to have you on for a watch along or something, so we'll figure it out. Um, God, I mean, Bobby Fish is hurt. That's just tough to beat. Um, do you have any will while I'm thinking? How about. I mean, it's 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 low hanging fruit, but what if we had like a damn boys Briscoe Brothers barbecue sauce, better than that Jr. shit? You know what I'm saying? Like, they they raise chickens. Yeah, they could have a whole line of dipping sauces. That's a really good one. I'm trying to think of something for relish. I don't know why I have relish on the brain because I hate fucking mustard. You 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 do seem to have relish on the brain. Um, which is funny. I I don't even ever put relish on anything, which is which is weird. Um, you know, and speaking of low hanging fruit, I mean, you got cheeseburger. I mean, yes. QT Marshall. I could see QT Marshall shilling some like nice olive oil. Like the really nice stuff, like the expensive, like glass bottle where you only actually get like two ounces of the olive oil, but it's just a really pretty jar. Right. Oh, I know this is a great pot of dead air, but I'm just thinking. Shit. Um. I'm thinking Matt Stephen. That doesn't sound right. Maria. Kevin Steen could be like a great master thing, like the old Steen poutine. Yeah. Uh, 
Steam poutine. That's just fucking money. Um, like, I'm thinking Maria Mayo, but that's just too suggestive. Hoba hoba. I was gonna say Mike, Mike. I was gonna say Mike's mustard, but that there's that's already a thing. Yeah. Little Bob showing some ranch sauce. Well, speaking of bland, that's really cool. the Edwards. I don't know. I may have to come back to this one. Eddie Edwards used Eddie, Ed, Eddie Edwards is using the Roger Strong bottled water. Right. <laughs> um, I mean, really, I mean, you can't really go wrong with Briscoe's. I mean, Eddie Edwards is a Northeast guy, so like Eddie Edwards has like a, a cocktail sauce or like a roulade, or, or not a roulade, a remoulade. You know, something something to pair up with some seafood. Yeah. I mean, how the fuck Bobby Fish doesn't have his own tartar sauce? I don't. I don't. I mean, that's his. That's, that's his shoot. That's like his. That's his government name. Is Bobby the Fish? I mean, how much fish could a fish could fish fish? I don't know. All right, Rob, you got me I on. This. I gotta come back to it. I mean, I feel like I feel like Rob had the five thousand dollar idea tonight. Yeah, and, and well, and your bar brisket barbecue sauce. Whole line of dipping sauces. They could have like a sweet and sour. Yeah. Different types of barbecue. They could probably make a mean ranch. Yeah. I don't know. Well, shit. Okay. I'll keep thinking this. We'll be recording here for a little bit, but um... maybe maybe Mark makes like a, a toothless teriyaki. It's just like super sweet, no heat. Like, so what is all considered economist? Obviously, so dressings are technically considered economist regardless, I know. I mean, we can get, like, dictionary definition of, like, what economist is, but, I mean, I, I always assume it's just something you dress your food with. See, I always just thought it was ketchup, mustard, and relish. And then mayo was an extra one. So a condiment... As for the dictionary, is a substance such as salt or ketchup that is used to add flavor to food. <laughs> so technically, technically, dry rubs and stuff would be condiments too. Ooh, all right. For some odd reason, I don't know why this popped into my head, but Jimmy Jacobs like a like a zombie pulled pork rub. A zombie princess. I, I love pulled pork. That was one of my specialties when I actually did the cooking thing. So yeah, I'm going with Jimmy. I don't know if it, I don't remember if I brought it up last week, but I had I I had pulled pork on a pizza last week. You did mention that sounds really fucking good. I think the it's LFA, all... you got to get you some. Um, well, speaking of relish and pickles and everything. I told you there's a place here that puts pickles on their pizza, right? I've seen it. I've seen it done. I've had it before. I've had, I've had a 
it's like it's like legit. They like a cheeseburger pizza where they put ketchup and mustard down to the pizza sauce, and they melt the cheese with like ground beef. They do pickles, onions, tomato. You shredded lettuce on top. Okay. Pretty good. So, yeah, I'm going to go with uh, Jimmy Jacobs, Zombie Princess, Pork, Pulled Pork Rub. And we're going to go with the Briscoe's line of uh, dipping sauces. I mean, they, they, they're chicken farmers. I mean, I think we're on to something here, gentlemen. Willie's Days of Three of us going to get together. I said, I don't know if Rob's going to come here. We're going to go there. We're going to come up with all these. We're going to put our five, all of our $5,000 ideas together, and, you know, we'll be rich. So, um, yeah, I, as always, Rob, thank you so much. Uh, I will DM you here in the next day or two. We would love to have you on. Uh, you know, obviously, we got to figure out the time difference, but uh, we'll figure out something. Uh, but, yeah, and great job on that, uh, that streak on Duolingo. Thousand seventy-three days. That's fucking awesome. So, I'd love to hear more about that. So, um, Will, we got one more question from our, uh, our boy, Brendan. <laughs> Perfect. It's almost like we've done this before. I was ready this time. Um, I was ready this time. I missed it last week. Okay, boys. Question of dishonor. And, of course, it's two weeks late. Uh, Chuck a little loud. Um, what is your favorite type of cage match, and what is the favorite cage match you can think of all time? Um, and Brennan and I, obviously, being the same age, you know, it's it's really tough. Um, I, I do miss, and I would uh, shout out to the Brain Buster Boys. They just reviewed SummerSlam '94, uh, with Brett Nolan and that old that old blue steel cage. That's what I grew up on. Um, I know that's a little bit before your time, but I mean, I I know the the old chain link fences were before and after that, but I always loved the old blue fence. You know, the first time I saw it was was Hogan and Bundy in WrestleMania two. Um, yeah. You know, and listen, I mean, obviously, I do enjoy the War Games match, you know, uh, covered ring, uh, chin link fence and everything. Uh, but the OG War Games matches, you know, back in the 80s were awesome. Uh, but, Will, do you have a favorite steel cage type thing, contraction? Yeah, so, I mean, I didn't really know how to interpret this. Like, are we talking like my favorite steel cage? Like, I, was, I didn't see a war game until NXT did it. Uh, um, so, like, I saw a handful of Hell in a Cells. That was always my brother's and my favorite mode to play on PlayStation. So, we like to go up to the top and throw each other through the roof. But I would say, on, to kind of give like a broader answer, my, this kind of goes hand in hand. The last cage match that I think of that like really like knocked my socks off was probably Cody Rhodes Wardlow. Wow. Okay. And I really liked the fact that you couldn't escape the cage because when I first started watching wrestling, that was so weird to me that they had like you could go out the door. I'm like, wait a minute, you can go out the door? There's never a door to go out of. And that always felt like a really lame way to like win the cage match by just going out the door. So I think the, the AEW style where it's just a taller cage 
you got a pinfall or submit in the cage. Like, that's that's what I like. See, it is funny because Brendan brings that up too. Um, let me get his full answer. Uh, is my and actually, I should say that the the other AW when they did what was it was it the the Bucks and the Lucha Brothers in the in the cage that was that was really good too. Yeah. Um, and then Brendan's answer, I just kind of retorted uh, to him. Uh, and if you want in on uh, the group messages here, you got to join our Patreon. Uh, you know, I just said to him, interesting. My answers are going to show my age for sure. And Brent's like mine too because I prefer the blue cage from the eighties nineties, but I also hate the escape rule. I like it when it's a ten count or submission. Uh, only a day um, for my favorite. I would probably go Samoa Joe versus uh, Jay Briscoe because I was at that one. I know Siri liked uh, Edge's versus Undertaker Hell in a Cell from SummerSlam. Um, so and it's funny. I I do like the escaping the cage thing. Um, it's good, some fun storytelling you can use with it. You know, I I would prefer though that the only way you can escape the cage is I would prefer they kept the door quote unquote locked, which I know it's never stays locked. Someone's always got a fucking wonder cutters, uh, but if you gotta go over the top one. Um, and my my favorite cage matches list, yeah, that Lucha Brothers Young Bucks, obviously. Um, but I'm I'm gonna go with uh. A couple that were pretty actually important to me in wrestling. I mentioned earlier Hulk Hogan versus King Kong Bundy WrestleMania 2. Uh, but there's a legendary match uh, with Hulk Hogan versus the Big Boss Man. Someone very, very underrated. Uh, when Hogan actually suplexed Big Boss Man off the top of the cage. When I was a little kid, my dad, my mom and I had rented that one of our, our wrestling fests. And like, I'd never seen someone suplexed off the top of the cage like that. That fucking blew my mind. I was like, what the fuck? And obviously Hulk Hogan and Big Boss Man are two very not small dudes. Uh, but the, my favorite maybe is uh, the from the first pay-per-view I ever watched. Uh, actually, my first WWE house show was kind of part of this. Uh, but it was the Ultimate Warrior versus Rick Rude at SummerSlam 1991. Uh, probably one of my favorite cage matches. I just, you know, just watching the build-up, you know, I said it was really the first time I was kind of really fully invested in the storyline. Uh, I love Rick Rude. It's a great match. Uh, Ultimate Warriors got a huge fucking booger hanging out of his nose. Um, Bobby Heenan slammed his head in the fucking door. Um, yeah, it's worth it. I, I really enjoy that. It's just, and it was a that was the first pay per view I ever bought with my own money with. So yeah, SummerSlam 1991. It was the Ultimate Warriors versus Rick Rude. Yeah, I think again, you know. We're, we're, we're pulling deep from memory. I, I apologize. My internet got a little screwy, so I did miss a chunk. I guess I'll have to actually listen to our episode after it goes up. Um, I th- want to say there was a cage match on the first episode of SmackDown I ever watched. Oh, wow. It was Team Canada, because every promotion had a Team Canada. Or the Canadians, or whatever they're called, you know, like Christian, Lance Storm... They were like the un-Americans. I want to say it was them versus somebody else. There was, it was in a steel cage. Or maybe that was later, them versus. I remember there being like a very young John Cena and a very young Randy Orton involved, maybe. That was a long time ago, so I could be way off. Yeah. Hmm. Huh. Interesting, so. 
Well, Brendan, as always, I appreciate um, you know, your question of dishonor. Um but Will, I think uh, real quick, it's probably time to take a break here before we uh jump into the episode. Uh before we do, do you have anything else you want to put over? Any questions that we may have missed or any more steel cage information you want to share with uh, the high fivers? No, I mean, I will say, if you want a great song, or actually it's a pair of songs um, about the Undertaker throwing mankind off the cage, uh, listen to Cheap Pop's In Gorilla album. And there, there's, there's a pair of songs about uh, the Undertaker and subsequently Undertaker throwing mankind off the, the top of the cage. That's awesome. You always find the best music, Will. I swear. I know every match on WrestleMania 3. I've never watched it, but cheap, the opening song is all about WrestleMania 3, so I could tell you the whole card. Have you seen... You, so you've never seen anything from that WrestleMania 3? No. Really? Um, you might want to. I, I don't go back and watch stuff. I mean, <laughs> other than 2003, I mean 2012 Ring of Honor. 2013. Yeah. Or maybe, maybe sometimes some earlier stuff, you know? Oh, yeah. Interesting. I guess we'll talk about that a little bit later. But uh, real quick here, uh, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, but make sure you're checking out, obviously, all the great shows um, here on Visionaries Global Media. I always do forget. Make sure you check out the Midwestern Wrestling Roundup. I did have a great uh, conversation with some good friends here. Uh, there's going to be some bonus comment, content coming up with the Insane 8. Uh, but obviously, shout out to Brett and Beaumont, both former guests here at Ring of Honor. Uh, you want to check out the Brain Buster Boys. Uh, speaking of former guests, I just want to check out the uh, band from Ringside, uh, JCB, Zach, and Bill. Uh, Bill, hopefully going to get you on the show here sometime soon. Uh, and obviously, Good Cop, Bad Cop uh, drops every Sunday. as a big part of Sunday Night Walk Night with uh, former guest NGB Graham and uh, future guest Mr. Matt Willis and the Nish guy, uh, Ryan. So I think Will, you're in your neck of the woods, and he's a Beyond guy. Um, obviously, there's Chris Talks Games. Uh, there's the Dungeons and Junkies, which I think is on a little bit of a hiatus. Obviously, Chad, uh, congratulations again having uh, his baby Atticus. And then obviously, the Godfathers of Visionaries Global Media, uh, you know, just Chad Diesel over at BFTR. Uh, 2.0. Hopefully, they start getting some new content out sometime soon. But uh, am I forgetting anything, Will? I don't remember. I don't think so. But yeah, lots of great content on Visionaries Global Media. But also, uh, make sure you check out everything here on The Shining Wizard. The Shining Wizard is the greatest wrestling podcast of all time. Don't believe me? Tune in and check us out. We laugh, we cry, we interview some of the greatest people in professional wrestling, and we have some of the greatest segments of all time, including everyone's favorite wrestling game show, Can You Beat That? We're live 6.50 p.m. East on Monday night on all social media platforms, and we're with you wherever you go on every single streaming and podcasting platform as well. Check us out. Go over to ShiningWizards.com and join us for some wrestling talk and talk about wrestling. What's up, folks? It's your boy, the Impact Player, Mr. Philly Ray, inviting all of you to check out the Turnbuckle Throwbacks Wrestling Podcast. Join us as we cover all things current in the world of pro wrestling, as well as paying homage to the old school, the squared circle. So listen in and find out why we are the recognized symbol of excellence in sports entertainment broadcasting. 
Find us on all social media platforms and anywhere you get your podcast from. And as always, we are the proudest members of the Shining Wizards Network and Rant Entertainment Media. The Mark Order Podcast is the only show you need if you're looking for dedicated coverage of everything AEW on the Shining Wizards Network. Join us live on YouTube every Wednesday night at 10.15 p.m. Eastern after Dynamite to chat along with the show. If you can't join us live, listen to us on your favorite podcast platform. Follow us on all social channels at MarkOrderPod and use the hashtag JoinTheMarkOrder because if you don't find us, we will find you. G'day guys, my name is Thomas, one half of the Broadcast Podcast. With our podcast, we go back and watch wrestling events from WWE, WWF, WCW, ECW, AEW, and many other wrestling promotions. You can check us out on Twitter at The Broadcast, that's T-H-E-B-R-O-K-A-S-T, and you can also download all episodes on Apple Podcasts, CastBox, Castro, and many other podcast apps. Got 30 minutes to kill? Come check out 30 Screams or Less, where we review a horror movie in 30 minutes or less. We cover new movies and old ones, too. We'll give our honest thoughts on the movie, good or shit, as well as a rating of each one that we watch. New episodes weekly, available on the Shining Wizards Network and wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. I'm Steve. And I'm Corey. Come check us out at 30 Screams or Less. What's up, everyone? When on the Shining Wizards Network, be sure to check out Wrestling Night in Canada. If we're not recording another kick-ass podcast, or playing in punk bands, or recording kick-ass heavy metal albums, then we're sitting back, we're grabbing a couple brews, and going over everything to do in the world of pro wrestling. Because we're from Winnipeg, you idiots. If you like your music heavy, then check out Radioactive Metal on the Shining Wizards Network. For over 16 years now, Radioactive Metal has been one of the longest-running podcasts. Over the years, we've interviewed some legendary metal acts, had some awesome discussions, and cranked a hell of a lot of tunes. So join your cool Uncle Snowy and his co-host Aaron for the audio mosh pit that is Radioactive Metal here on the Shining Wizards Network. Are you tired of being lied to every day by the mainstream media? Do you want to know what's really going on in the world? Do you want to make up your own mind about things and not be told what to think or say? Then listen to Inconclusive Breakdown, a weekly anti-PC look at the world of entertainment and current events brought to you without censorship or filters. You can find us everywhere you listen to podcasts, BitChute, and on ShiningWizardsNetwork.com. And also, we're a proud member of the Shining Wizards Network. All right, high fivers. Make sure you check out all the great shows here on the Shining Wizards Network. Uh, but we are going to the main event of uh, this podcast episode. Uh, that is Ring of Honor TV 99. Uh, original air date August 10th, 2013. Um, and like, wait, Will and Tom, wasn't there a pay-per-view 
uh, that happened recently uh, that you're having covered? You are correct. Uh, I think it's the All Star Extravaganza. Uh, we yes. will be doing that next week. Um, just for the simple fact, Will and I are recording. I don't know if we can mention the name of said podcast or when it's going to drop. Uh, we are doing some other Ring of Honor related podcast uh, content for another podcast. Uh, so when we know we can release that, we will. Uh, so we're skipping that. So we're actually moving that back a week. Um, we're, we're just kind of doing some programming changes because, well, high fibers, not to be an asshole at the end of the day. Uh, this is Will and I's podcast, and we do whatever the fuck we want. So if you want to push something back a week, we're going to push something back a week. And well, also- I mean, there's a the other thing, right? Is they they talk about in this episode, Ring of Honor 100 isn't is going to be like a clip show, basically. Yeah, and that actually kind of worked out very serendipitously. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they pick out. So uh, it's crazy to think, yeah, they're going on 100 episodes of TV, but uh, but we'll we've officially moved to Providence, Rhode Island, uh, this time for this TV taping. So it's Kevin Kelly and Nigel McGinnis on the call. And uh, the main event, so last week I kind of picked on, on this week's main event. Um, but they just kind of threw this together. Uh, but now that they kind of mentioned, you know, obviously this is Honor personified. Obviously these six have been fighting for Ring of Honor's Honor. Um, so that makes a little more sense. Um, but, uh, yeah, but we start off real quick. Uh, just kind of some clips real quick of Bennett beating up Cheeseburger from last month. Uh, where Brutal Bob tried to prevent the beatdown. Uh, and then we roll right into uh, Mike Bennett and uh, Brutal Bob. And uh, and we have Maria on commentary, obviously, here. So uh, for those that, if this is your first time listening to Ring of Honor Revelry, um, or you may have missed her something a couple weeks ago, um, yeah, Bennett was just putting, you know, was offering, hey, cheeseburger, he's being real smarky, here's my contract, blah, 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 blah. Uh, and Susan, a beat down, but uh, Brutal Bob, you know, but there's been some tension between Brutal Bob and uh, – the Bennett's, even though they're not married, so I'll say the Bennett Canals is there at this point. So, um, and real quick, it's tough to, uh, for me at least personally, it's tough to see Maria as such the asshole heel. Um, because you know, as I, I've interacted with her, uh, she's a really nice human being. Um, and I know I kind of skipped ahead a little bit here, uh, but during the, the next match, she does talk about um, starting a women's division for Ring of Honor. Uh, but we will get to that in, when that match comes up. So I put my notes in the wrong spot. Um, all in all, uh, quick match. You know, Bob was uh, brutal, you know, not in the best way. Uh, you he got a lot more offense in, in this match than I was expecting him to. Really? I did not expect – I expected them to bring out Brutal Bob and have Brutal Bob just kind of get, like, flattened. I think mean, Brutal Bob's a straight shooter, if I'm not mistaken. Well, the um, thing is, too, is Brutal Bob is not – he's he's, he's kind of like the local guy, right? So – Yeah, it's gets, true. Well, I mean – He gets the hometown pop. Yeah. That's, I, mean, I mean, really, Bennett's not – Bennett's not from that far from there either, so. Yeah. Um. But, you know, the, the match goes, you know, as Will said, uh, Brutal Bob did get some offense in, obviously. But uh, Bennett hits the box off a of smash. Uh, but no, Will, this is a new Bennett. The prodigy is dead. Uh, so he picks him up, busts out an F5 for the 1-2-3. And then he picks his sign, uh, picks up his Ring of Honor contract and signs it on uh, Brutal Bob. Uh, Cheeseburger tries to come in to interfere, but uh, he took Piledriver and... Uh, 
Yeah, kicks his ass kicked, but Nigel uh, yells at him to leave, and uh, they head off, but Maria comes is staying on uh, for commentary. So, um, once again, like I, like I like to do, Will, I kind of bullguarded all that. Uh, Do you have anything to add? Sorry about that. No, just that it was a it was a TKO, not an F five. But it's the same idea, right? You, you pop them up on the shoulder, you swing them around, and they just fall. Like, are they? Is they pointing this way? Are they pointing that way? But the double finisher on Brutal Ball, like I said I, he got more offense than I thought he was going to. Okay. They they always kind of show Brutal Bob as kind of being like this, like old time, like yeah, see, guy on the outside, and. So the fact that he came out like the crowd's hot for it, and like he did get some offense in, where Maria's like, Mike's got this under control, and then Mike's getting like thrown around. It's like, oh damn, maybe Mike don't have this under control. What if Brutal Bob wins? Like, he ain't gonna win. Yeah. Um, and then Cheeseburger. I mean, he's, he's he's Cheeseburger. He's not. He is Cheeseburger, but he is not yet Cheeseburger. Yeah, I mean they're calling him Cheeseburger at this point, so. You know, but it's like he's still like lowercase cheeseburger. He's not capital cheeseburger. Uh, yeah, he's definitely not world famous CB. I, I get what you're cooking up. Um, yeah, it's pretty funny. I could totally see Brutal Bob as a like a heavy in a James Cagney movie for sure. Um, yeah, but uh, real quick, obviously, you know, like our, we, we do get our 855 cash now. I am going to call them back. Maybe I'll figure out how to record it one of these days. Uh, we do get the Welcome to Sandy Fork DVD. Uh, maybe we should do a watch along of that one of these days, or I could do a review of that. But I did want to point out, I you never know. Uh, you can get a copy at ROHWrestling.com. Oh, wait. Not, I mean, not TK's or Honor Will. In 2013, you could. Yeah. Um, they don't, Tony Consolidate can sell DVDs. <laughs> no. They should just put that on Honor Club. Um, but it was really funny. Yeah, I, I, I was put a lot of stuff on Honor Club. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. Imagine uh, if Main Event Spectacles from 2003 was on Honor Club. Yeah, well, that'd be so nice. But anyways, um, well, the problem with that was, was on Honor Club, though we wouldn't have got the music that we got. But, um, but in that DVD, actually, I noticed for the first time, gas was already 335. That was 10 years ago, or 10, 11, 12 years ago. What's gas up by you, Will? Average three, like the upper three thirty per gallon. Okay. I think I I went last time. I guess it was three thirty nine gallon for the the regular. Yeah, we're between three fifty nine and three seventy nine over here. Um, yeah, it just shows gas is not really fluctuating much. But that well, that's another conversation for another time. So, um, but we find out real quick uh, that our uh, our girl um, Eric Fried's girl Silesia. Is uh, the pick of the week. Um, I did send it. Uh, R O H today. Or no. What is it? It's text R O H to today. Yeah, you text it to today. It's so easy. A hoopla hottie can do it. Yep, and I, I still haven't gotten mine yet. But uh, our next match, as we had referenced before, uh, Bolton Saw Brook uh, versus Mischief. Uh, Will, do you know much about Bone Saw Brook? Just what they told us on commentary that she is a member of the Ring of Honor Dojo. Kind of a standout there, but I mean, she's going into the ring with the. I mean, she she has that one loss and that triple threat, but I mean, Mischief you could largely say is undefeated. Yeah. 
um, and after she destroyed Veda, uh, Veda Scott. Um, yeah, I did some research on Pillow Sony. She, she's still active, I think. Um, I know she's wrestled Janai Kai relatively recently and everything, so. Um, but, I mean, you know, all intents and purposes, this is really, you know, pretty much a squash match. This is really a showcase for Maria um, on commentary. Um, you know, Maria... Well, she does put over the, the, the women's roster. I mean, I, can we even really say they have a women's roster? Because it's like they have Mischief and they have, like, Athena rotating guest women. Yeah, it's Mischief, Athena, and Mia Yim. We haven't seen Mia Yim in a while now, so. Yeah, and the bunny once in a while. Um, but I, I did. But that she before. implies that she would like to have something to do with these women. Um, you know, and, you know, we'll see if that comes to fruition, but. Um, I know it comes to fruition seven years later. Uh, I mean, Maria did a great job. Uh, that Ring of Honor Women's Division during the pandemic was probably one of the better ones. Um, you know, have, have you watched any of her uh, Women's Wrestling Army or whatever it's called? Have you I, watched any of that? Um, I know a bunch of people that have worked it. Um, well, I did see a couple matches. They did have a couple matches featured um, when I was at that Warrior show just before uh, Forbidden Door. Um, yeah, my girl Sierra wrestled my other girl, Tootie Lynn, uh, St. Louis. Uh, great match, so um, but yeah, no, I've been a bunch of friends that have been there, a bunch of people that work there and everything, so and uh, and obviously, a good friend of the show, uh, Brett Perch has been there a bunch, but it's pretty awesome. Because they went on a little tangent there. Have you seen any clips or anything, Will? I haven't seen anything from it yet, no, yeah, I missed it when I missed it when it happened, you know, you know what that means. That means all. Better luck next time. And you haven't been watching G1, have you? No, because I don't have New Japan World. I haven't even really been keeping up with what's... Until the next episode of Bread Club comes out. Okay, fair enough. That's a good way to keep... Or uh, the, the Phoenix Splash podcast, right? That's a New Japan podcast on uh, Visionaries Global Media. I don't remember if we mentioned that one in the... I always forget that one. Sorry, I was actually even guested on that one. Sorry, Brian KCB, and I just got 14 text messages from you guys. That's why I'm the co-host guy. Yeah, you <laughs> will not have a co-host guy. Um, probably get that with, I don't know. Um, real quick, back to Bonesaw, Brook, and Mischief. Uh, you know, it was pretty much squash. squash you know. Yeah, yeah. Bonesaw, Brook, or whatever her name is. There was no chance. Yeah, uh, Mr. She, she may as well have not even had an entrance. Like, she got in that ring, it's like, ah, oh, you feel like a jobber. Yeah. <laughs> um, Mischief looked like, I don't know if Bonesaw messed it up or Mischief, but uh, that, that DET off the finisher was... Oh, yeah. And ...dangerous and... Uh, not great. Yeah, but listen, I mean, really, the, I mean, not to be dismissive of the action in the ring... Uh, you know, Mrs. Michael Elgin is really good in the ring. Uh, but yeah, this is really about Maria. I did think it was pretty awesome that Maria was trolling the crowd by sitting backwards in her chair, kind of sticking her butt out of everybody. So um, I thought that was Hey, cool. you know, if you, if you got it flaunted, I mean, if I had if I had a peach like that, I'd be doing it too. Yeah, so um, she's definitely leaning into it. But uh, real quick cell phone announcer guy announcing shows. We got some shows coming up. You know I've got heat with that guy, so... Uh, but Will, it's actually our first inside Ring of Honor in quite a while, isn't it? Yeah. 
Um, but, you know, when we're talking about the upcoming tournament, uh, you know, to crown the new Ring of Honor champion, and it appears that obviously these will all be on TV, uh, which is ironic. Yep. Start, starts in two weeks, because remember, next week is a clip show. Yeah. <laughs> um, and real quick, so I did kind of start the, the paper we were reviewing next week, and they've got this huge warning. So actually, they filmed a couple of these fucking matches at the goddamn pay-per-view <laughs> So what you're telling me is is we're going to watch All-Star Extravaganza. Yep. And I'm going to see some of these matches that I'm going to have to sit through on TV again. Yep. Are they road-raging us without calling it road-raging us? <laughs> yeah. Um, Unbelievable. We'll talk about that off air, but... Um, these sons of bitches. Yeah. Uh, but real quick, uh, they talk about the tournament, and, you know, uh, Silas did dominate uh, in his win over QT Marshall and Ciampa. Or not Ciampa. Um, Adam Page. Adam Page uh, to qualify. I, I liked I liked Silas is an amazing promo, so I thought it was very neat to get a little Silas. Si- you know, he wasn't, like, overly, like, like count kind of like later on in the last real man thing. It's a little, like, sh- like, like a shtick, you know what I mean? Where it's like, I'm going to say something that's going to be like outrageous. Yeah. Like I'm Archie Bunker in wrestling tights. But where he's just like, you know, I look at this, these other competitors, they're all boys. Well, I'm a man. Yeah. It's like, you know, this is good. Silas Young is great. Yeah. Um, he never gets the big belt, right? No. I don't even know if he ever really even... Um, well, spoiler alert here for the tournament, but I don't even know if he really got a crack at it. Had a good, t- he had a good run with the TV belt. Um, I was gonna say, I know, he, I know, he got the TV belt at some point, but uh, I did, I didn't think he had a, a run with the, the the strap. But I mean, he could have. I mean, I mean, we we saw it, him and Michael Elgin go back and uh, check out that watch along we did with with Confident Trent. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> not question mark Trent. Uh, sure. Not not question mark Trent. No questions. Not Trent. He, like he's sure of it, Trent. Yeah. Um. I got. I got. I got. Text Trent. I got to confirm if Hartenbauer is going to be confirmed as a AEW Heritage Champion. But that's another story itself. But yeah, make sure you go check about that. Watch the line. It was a lot of fun. Uh, we'll really enjoy that one. And, and like I said, Elgin is very instrumental in um. Just, just to kind of give people a little background here, Elgin's very instrumental in getting Silas into Ring of Honor in the first place. So it kind of makes sense because this tournament is technically supposed to be Michael Elgin's brainchild because he didn't just want to be gifted the belt. Um, so it's kind of fine to say Silas. And honestly, it's, I mean, there's a couple matches I'm definitely looking forward to. Um, but Silas versus Champa, dude, these two are made for each other. I'm really looking forward to that. So yeah, it's gonna be that's gonna be great. But yeah, Will's a hundred. Um, maybe I should put that put that clip in there. But Will's a hundred percent right, man. It's a great promo. Uh, just Silas being Silas, we're finally kind of giving him some camera time. You know, let him, you know, work out the gimmick. Um, and then we find out, you know, Davian Edwards, two Davian Edwards, Davian Eddie are not in the tournament. You know, two former world champions. Uh, they're gonna focus on the tag belts. You know, okay, that kind of makes sense. Uh, but like we'll talk about uh, next week, uh, we get Jay Lethal and Roderick Strong watching some ROH TV classics for episode 100. And I don't know what it was, but when Roddy was talking about this, he actually looked like he knew how to cut a promo. 
It was weird. Roger Strong can cut a promo, okay? I listen. Don't don't drink UTT Rob's Kool Aid. <laughs> Ooh, Kool Aid. No, we didn't come up with somebody to sponsor some Kool Aid. I bet you there's somebody on that roster who could have a mean purple drink. You know what I'm saying? Somebody's got to be slamming the crystal light. <laughs> you know, I hate to be this guy, but it's probably Cedric Alexander. And kind of damn it, WWE. Either let put Cedric Alexander on fucking TV or let him go. I got, really ho- I got really hopeful, right? Because I was just like doom scrolling Twitter. And I rolled through... And, like, I quickly scrolled past. It was a picture of Bobby Lashley with the Street Profits. And somebody had Photoshop titles on him. And I, like, because I was just, like, scrolling. Like, I was just, like, like, I'm waiting for something to jump out at me. And I rewound because I'm, like, did they reform the Hurt Business? Because I saw, like, I was scrolling too fast to really notice. Like, like, but I saw that Lashley was in, like, the center of the photo. And I saw the belt. I'm, like, are we doing the Hurt Business again? Like, are they, like, because they have Shelton, they have Cedric, and they have Lashley. It's like, just do the Hurt, the Hurt Business was so good, just do that. Yeah, how the fuck did this happen? Cedric went from being, like, so hyped up, right? And then they just kind of, the old Vinnie Mac dropping the ball. Yeah. Anyways, but, um. I mean, I will say it's kind of a – I think that would have been a better dynamic too, though, right? Because it's supposed to be like the 16 of the best wrestlers. And not to take away from Silas Young and ACH, but I don't think at this point they're on the level of, like, the other people that are in this tournament. Huh. don't think so. I mean, they will get there. I mean, obviously Silas, we've talked about, like – we're, we're digging Silas Young, and he does get a run like T Tyler, but like ACH, like he's hot right now, but like is he like a world title kind of guy? It's like, yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm glad. But you've got to, you've got to also fluff up that tag team division, right? Because now you don't have the Briscoes, you don't have wrestling's greatest tag team, you don't have. Thank goodness. Um, yeah, I mean, all you've got C and C. And, you know, well, I mean, spoiler alert for doing Manhattan, Man, Manhattan Mayhem. Um, and a little thumbnail for Manhattan, Man, Manhattan Mayhem uh, has two uh, rather young bucks listed uh, right there on the thumbnail. So hopefully these two start showing up. So, um, yeah, a tag team division. I know they're trying to build it up, man. They need to get their shit together. So bringing us back our motto brothers, right, Will? Because remember, the tag team titles are going to become a focus while there's no world champion. So we're not going to see these tag team champions uh, until this world title tournament's over. Or, you know, the fact that you have a TV champion and he hasn't been on TV in a while. It's okay. It's just Ring of Honor. <laughs> yeah. Well, we do have our TV main event. Um, honor for the main event, you know, for uh, you know, so that's a decent thing. So, and uh, it's crazy to think the chapel was out for almost a year. Uh, got hurt in that same building, I guess. 
Um, I like yes. this new entrance. Uh, the wife does not like the entrance, but that is what it is. Um, you know, and then we get Elgin. Uh, Elgin's on that same team. He's number one seed. Uh, you know, in the Ring of Honor, gold is his destiny. Uh, but then we get some blue smock non Nancy. So it's Elgin, Steen, and Chompa on one side. Um, I know I say that. Okay. I'm okay with Chompa's entrance. I think. I mean, obviously, like the the monitor sound is kind of a throwback to Taz, right? Yeah. I think I think it just goes a little too long. Yeah. Like I, if, they, if they if they shorten that monitor bit and they got to like the the song a little quicker, I think that'd be it'd go over better. I can see that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, blue smock Nancy, un, unsettled differences. Yeah. Ten out of ten. Then on the other side, you got B.J. Whitmer, the Buzzsaw, and the American Wolves, Eddie and Davey. Um, sorry, yeah, something happened. Um, yeah, so we have Wolves and B.J. Whitmer, you know. Um, I kind of wish we could have got a match that maybe had a little more substance. Like, especially because, right, we're coming out of the scum angle, right? So now it's like, well, what's our predominant storyline going to be? Like, what are the stories that you're trying to tell going forward? Because they reference, like, oh, you know, the, the energy's better, the this or that or whatever. But it's like you, you just kind of slap together six dudes that are on the, that are on the roster. Yeah, um... It is what it is. Um, you know, the beginning of the match, obviously, Davy Richards being Davy Richards, um, he kind of strong arms Kevin Steen, but then he hugs him. Um, you know, and then Michael Elgin does the whole strong man handshake thing. So um, I thought it was kind of funny they talk about how Eddie Edwards is so Boston anywhere. He has, he has Boston Celtics socks on after every match. Um, you know, and then uh, did you? I don't know if you caught this or not, Will, but Nigel McGuinness thought those socks had David Letterman on it. Do they have David Letterman? I'm just like, no, they're Larry Bird. <laughs> that is such an uh, great Britain thing to say. So I thought that was pretty funny. So, uh, you know, so I don't know about I don't know about you, Tom. So I'll let you do the the rundown of the match if if you want, as you do. I was waiting for something to happen. Like I was waiting for like the the something to happen and be like, ah, oh, here's the here's the rub, right? We're not just gonna get this like thrown together tag team match. We're gonna get something where like one of the teams is gonna fall apart or both teams fall apart or there's like the 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 third impending force that like comes down to the ring. But uh, we didn't really get that. We we got a six man tag team match. Yeah, it and it went a while when I when I saw how much time was left in the episode. I'm like, something's got to happen. Yeah, I was kind of shocked too. It was about twenty ish minutes, maybe. Um, yeah, because I mean, between Brutal Bob and and Bonesaw Brook, I mean, it was a total of, what seven eight minutes. Um, yeah, time to fill. But um, 
I don't know. It was a it was a good match. You know, I really did. Uh, I had to chuckle when uh, Edwards chopped Steen, and then Steen's like, "I'm out of here." Uh, takes in Elgin, and then he just hits the floor. I thought that was pretty funny. Um, you know, and then uh, Elgin does a delayed suplex, and then Champa does a delayed suplex, and then Kevin Steen comes in, tries to do it, but then uh, Edwards suplexed him. Um, I thought uh, Kevin Steen hitting the lung blower uh, combo or the the lung blower. Um, yeah, it's like lung blower sent on like combo. That, I thought it was great. Um, yeah, and Lane Wilson earlier they confirmed right now that the the, the whole tournament will be on TV and also a pay-per-view. Um, you know, uh, Ciampa takes a vicious triple team, then Richards takes one. Uh, basically, in the end, it's down to Richards and Elgin. And obviously, these two of these have some classics. Check out AAW. Uh, but Elgin kicked out of the, to- the, the tombstone, kicked to the head thing. But uh, Elgin lariates Richards into a bar bump for the win. So Michael, Ed- or Michael Elgin, obviously, they're putting a lot of stock into him. Uh, pins a former world champ. Um, I don't know it was it was a fun match. I don't know. I think after all the seriousness, I think it was kind of kind of cool for them just to kind of have a match. Um, you know, didn't really further any storylines besides Elgin. Obviously, Elgin is uh, really the, the the second coming at this point. So, um, yeah, I don't know anything else you want to really add to the the in depth analysis you got on that match there, Will. No, like I said, I, I I was expect I kind of I wanted there to be something because we we talked about it with Graham last week. Like we're following the through lines, right? And we're looking for like the stories, but they really aren't doing a great job at carrying these stories over across the episodes to make you still care, right? So it's like, oh, well, there's no scum. It's like. It's a little weird to think that, like, Carino's team loses and he's, like, nowhere to be found. Like, he's not sneaking into, like, in the back of, like, an inside ring of honor. Or he's not, like, somewhere in the crowd and, like, oh, what's... Well, he doesn't work here anymore or whatever. Like, so he's got to get a ticket and he's got to sit out in the crowd like everybody else. Or It just feels kind of weird. It's like, yep, Scum Angle's done. That's it. And it feels very... Sudden, yeah, and I feel like they bring it back later, but it's also like I'm saying, like, they when they give this match 20 plus minutes, it's like they've got to do something, right? There's got to be like another shoe to drop because you think you want to give people in, right? Because you want to give people a reason to watch the next episode. Well, I mean, it's gonna be a, a Ring of Honor TV classic watch along, so I mean, you know, what's not to watch? See that does nothing for me. That that makes me feel less interested in watching. Yeah, I'm with you. Because it'd be different, right? If we were going into that, but like if we ended this episode with like some kind of running or whatever, then it's like, oh shit, we've got to wait two weeks to find out what happens. Got to make sure you know we got the, the tape ready to pop in the the, the VCR to mm-hmm. tape that when it airs at two a.m. Yeah. Yeah, no nice. I don't know. Like, they the episodes from from you know the episodes haven't been bad. Like we said last week, the episodes feel better than they have been overall quality wise. But it's like there really wasn't a whole lot to chew on 
with this one. Yeah, it was. I don't know. And listen, I was really high on the on the last week's episode, so um, maybe they kind of painted themselves into a corner with their their hundredth episode. Um, yeah, I mean, you got the tournament, so I mean, it's gonna be fifteen matches. Fifteen matches. So, yeah, it looks like they're gonna crowd a new TV or a new Ring of Honor chance. So it's not even gonna be a pay per view. So I don't know. I, I guess we'll see how it shakes out. Um. Yeah, I mean, I know it was, uh, I don't know, that's, that's kind of a shorter episode of Ring of Honor Revelry. We kind of, uh, I do appreciate Will kind of recording a date earlier here. Uh, my schedule's been all fucked up all week, surprise, surprise. But uh, yeah, all in all, Will, like I said, like we always talk about this time, I said, if you, this is your first episode of Ring of Honor TV, um, you know, would you would you tune in? Like you said, I mean, they didn't really give you cliffhangers or anything, so. Yeah, there was really no... There was no story development across this, right? You know, so we, we talked about this last week. That That's one of their biggest weaknesses right now, besides the roster being just on the thin side. Is they, they're not... It's like they're not utilizing this hour they have to tell the story. Yeah. And that's something where it's like, you can say what you want about like the ease, in-ring, whatever have you. And their stories aren't always the greatest, but like the stories are all moving forward every episode. Yeah. The E the E doesn't start a storyline, then not have it shown on TV for three weeks, and then bring it back in. Even if it's little stuff, like we'll see. We'll see how uh we'll see how they choose, you know, we'll see how this tournament goes. We'll see what they, they kind of fill in around the, the tournament matches on TV. But like I said, you know, clip show next week, and then we're, we got weeks of this world title tournament. Yeah, it's a about, uh, or uh, Will, obviously your Will. Jesus Christ. Sorry, I'm losing my fucking mind. Um, Graham talked about, um, I mean, are they going to do – I can't imagine they're only doing one match per episode. Because, I mean, that would be 15 fucking weeks. That would take us into goddamn fucking December. Um, I mean, they got to be... No, so, I mean, they'll probably squeeze in three. Two to three, right? You might not necessarily get three every week. <coughs> but I've got a feeling, you know, if there's going to be matches where, like, ACH gets... ACH's match is probably going to be short. Yeah. Right, like, there's going to be there's people in this tournament who they're probably just going to have shorter matches. Yeah, and uh, I think next week maybe we can do uh, some, some predictions. Um, unfortunately, just because, I mean, with I don't know how to say this without spoiling anything, but with the with the death of Jay Briscoe, this um, time period was very heavily you know, talked about. So unfortunately I know the result already. Um yeah, we'll uh we'll talk about some some predictions and stuff for next week and everything. But uh yeah it's gonna be interesting to see how it shakes out. Like I said, this was an okay episode. Listen, you know it was just very focused on the main event and you know I think the main event was just yeah like it didn't further anything but but obviously they're they're strapping they're they're strapping the rocket ship too much Logan so they're trying anyway. Yeah. 
Um, <laughs> do you think it was a good idea them to get them him away from Truth Martini? Or were they kind of dead set? Well, it's, that's the thing, right? Like we 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 criticized how long it took that the House of Truth story to finally pay off. Like how they were just kind of like circling. It's like let's just like get it over with. Like this has been this has been a thing for so long. I, his promos need a lot of work. He's a, he's a, he's a, he's a worker. Boy can go. Like he's got the work rate. Like the matches are good. Matches are great. But like, is he? Does he strike you as the kind of guy that you would want? Because like you can say like, oh well, Jay Briscoe's not like the prettiest guy, but no, but it's like, but he could entertain and he can talk and he can convince you. Yeah. That he that he's the world champion. Elgin's just this kind of big. I'm going to talk slow because I'm strong. <laughs> God created. They say God created men equal. All men equal. They were wrong. Except they were wrong. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be interesting. But uh, next week we we'll get Jay. Lee. Well done. I'm sorry. He'd be a better heel, wouldn't he? Is that part of the problem? Would, would he just be a better force as a heel? Yeah, and I I think the way his wrestling style goes, I think he'd be a better heel for sure. But and we're we're kind of lacking like a singles heel roster, right? Like we. All the scum guys. Let's just say all the scum guys are gone. Yeah, it's yeah. basically Taven and Bennett. Yeah, QT Marshall, Taven and Bennett. That that's like your yeah. top level heel. Everybody else is like this tweener baby face. I feel like if Elgin, had, like I said, if, if these teams broke down somehow, or like you know Elgin got sick of somebody on his team and just like. Kaboshed him and just been like, "God damn, tournaments on, let's go." Yeah, yeah. I guess we'll see. So, well, will I think we're gonna pull this train to the station. Um, but yeah, thank you again for being so accommodating. I appreciate you. Um, you know, stay tuned. Uh, make sure you get those questions in. Uh, your questions are honest. And once again, uh, thanks, Rob. Uh, thanks, Freed, for putting it on the pin tweet. Appreciate it. And obviously, Brennan, it's always appreciated. Uh, but we will uh, stay tuned to our social medias. Uh, we will let you know when our, our additional podcast on a different podcast episode drops and, uh, and all that good stuff. But, uh, Will, is there anything else you want to put over here, my friend, before uh, we pull this train to the station? Just the usual stuff. Thank you to our wives. Thank you to the Shining Wizards Network. Thank you to Visionaries Global Media. Um. Thank you to whoever's listening, whoever's downloading this, whoever's talking about it with people, good or bad, right? You know, or wherever you get your podcast from. Yeah, hit us up too. Listen, if you're a fan of the show or if you're listening or anything, you know, you know, just hit us up. You don't have to ask questions. Just you know, listen or listen. Hit us up on that ring. Of, hit us up on the Twitter. Give us your answer for a question to dishonor. Go through the thread and get chip in your answers from for the older questions too. Like yeah. Tom and I do go through and read it. And, you know, if we see something and we're like, "Oh, that's a great answer," you know, we'll, we'll bring it up. We'll we'll share the question again. Yeah. 
So, Bobby Fish's tartar sauce. I'm just saying. I mean, it just fucking fits. So, um, yeah. Will, listen. Thank you, my friend. Uh, thank you, high fivers. Uh, obviously, being International Cat Day as we record this. Uh, thank you, Mabel. Thank you, Blanche. Thank you, Smokus. Thank you, Chico, uh, for for making our lives easier. Um, yeah, because Will actually isn't like wasn't today or yesterday like your anniversary. So yeah, two or three days ago it was was the gotcha date. Was the kind of official gotcha day. Because that's also the picture that I got sent where it's like how would you feel about because we we adopted these guys not too too long after we had lost India. Yeah. And there was talking about getting any animals. And then she I get the text, right? I get the text that's very obviously that I'm asking for forgiveness, not for permission. <laughs> and it's like I was just thinking about and then it's like, good, I already signed your name. And <laughs> for this because when it's a, because it's a rescue, you have to put in like a second pick. Like, well, if you can't get your first pick, who else would you want? So, Brittany put as her second choice Mabel. Well, then they had that picture of Mabel with Blanche, and it said, well, everybody's interested in Mabel because she's a tortoise shell, and she's, you know, she looks cute, but she has her sister. Blanche and no people aren't as interested in Blanche because Blanche is I don't want to say just a gray cat, but you know, it's right. You have the one cat with like all the patterns and whatever and the missing toes, and you have gray cat. But we've had him for about a year now. Blanche actually, uh, at, at uh, where Brittany works, they had you could enter your cat for the cutest cat competition, and Blanche actually won. No shit. So our some other fun facts about Blanche. She's got an overbite. Uh, she drools a lot. She whistles when she's sleeping because of the overbite. <laughs> That's the cutest thing ever, Will. She chirps every time she jumps on or off something. So whenever, whenever she makes contact, it's. I mean, it's not like homicide doing that either. It's, you know, it's cat. I don't know if you saw the tweet I made, but if I put some actual thought into it, the homicide slice, what a great pizza that would have been. Mm, yeah. Only the slice, because you got to get it at like some like. No, no, slice to homicide. You got to go to like some sketchy bodega to get this, right? Like, it's like a secret menu thing. It's like, yo, I need that homicide slice. Like, it's got to be something that hurts you a little bit. I like to th- I like to think of your will, so. Cop killer. No, no gringo killer. It's a cop killer. Well, yeah. Shout out to our cats. Uh, thank you, Smokus. And, uh, yeah, that little anecdote about Chico. Crazy fucking. But, uh, yeah, we're going on four years of uh, November 30th with ours, so. It's hard to. Time flies, eh? Yeah, eh? So. All right, well, I'll talk to you next week, my friend. This has been a Visionaries Global Media production. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale.